0: Hey there, welcome to Piecing It All Together. I am
1: the very model of a modern major general. I information, animal, vegetable, and mineral. Uh, no, just kidding. I'm just Randy. I'm just Beau.
0: We are piecing this all together with you. Let's do it. We're talking about technology today, but I wanted to let our listeners know first that we are expanding the platforms you can find us on. So we've always been on Stitcher and iTunes, but starting this week, we are on Podbean and SoundCloud. Wow. So if you are a new listener, we want to say welcome to the conversation. Hey, does that mean we're famous now? No, no, not quite. It's it's not a high bar. They make it pretty easy for nearly anyone to post their podcast on there. When we first set up the podcast, we marked it as explicit by default because I, you know, I didn't really know what our conversations would sound like. And I thought, well, we should be free to say
1: whatever we want. You know, you knew that I have a tendency to uh, bring out colorful language when I get upset. Right. That's
0: true. Yeah. So we just said it. (laughs) But the honest truth is, I don't know that you or I have said anything, any bad words in 50 episodes. And so I ended up taking off the explicit because I found out that it is causing, um, you know, some filters will grab it. And so, for instance, unlike, you know, Christian college campuses, they might have an extra filter. And so we would not make it through that filter with the explicit tag, maybe.
1: Hmm. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So I took it
0: down because you, I mean, we're not using it anyway. And so I just switched to the default. And so hopefully that gets us through to some new listeners. Anyway, we're excited to expand the conversation. We love hearing from you. And so uh, we just, we like the interactions and, you know, getting the feedback. And so we just want to make sure that as many people for Randy for as much as you get to speak in all of these various places, you'd think that people would like to continue the conversation and and listen in and
1: give us some feedback. Yeah. I actually get um, a number. Like I had, uh, I had an interview with a magazine, Ecotheo magazine on uh, Monday. And then yesterday I had an interview with the, the, well, I had a podcast with uh, Asbury Seminary as an alum and, and, and neither knew that we had the podcast. And so somehow (laughs) maybe I'm not doing a good job of making it known. I don't know, but I, I asked both of them if they knew and they said, no. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, for a long time, you and I um, had a sort of a minimalist approach to the podcast. I mean, we loved recording. We posted on a fairly regular basis, but we didn't do a lot of promoting, especially with your, these books that you have coming out and some projects that I have on the horizon uh, you and I have been talking about being more intentional. And so we've definitely set up times to regularly record, which we used to not do. We sort of used to do it by default We're being much more intentional about that. And then doing some stuff behind the scenes to make sure that people who might want to be a part of this can find us. So I'm enjoying it a lot. In the last month, I've definitely uh, at least doubled my efforts on Getting this out there because I I really do love this conversation and I do love the feedback that I get and so it means a lot to me for to know that people that uh, are listening to it and um, you know maybe hearing something that they don't hear any other place so it means a lot to me so
1: yeah well we we talk about a wide variety of big yes. matter yes. And- You know, we're always trying to basically start conversations with uh, others. I mean, that's what it's about. I think it's about asking good questions. Right. And so you have to have discussion in order to get to good questions.
0: Agree. Hey, let's talk about technology, because I know that you and I both have a mixed relationship with technology in that. We appreciate many things about it, but we also have some concerns about some of the elements of technology and the impact that it has on us. And so I uh, texted you a list of technological things that I'd like to talk to you about, including tractor implements and the internet and a whole bunch of things. And then you sent uh, some back to me in response. So we have a number of things that we want to talk about technologically. I've
1: thought, of, I've thought of a few more since then. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, but I think we should set a, set a base here, all right. sort of a foundation first about technology. Yeah. You know, when we are saying in our particular Western culture right now, technology, you know, you, we think we're talking about, you know, uh, the Internet and, uh, you know, streaming and yeah, yeah. LIDAR and, you know, uh, satellite and all those kinds of things. But there's, remember, technologies is also very basic things. Uh, fire is technology. Mm. Clean water, the advent of clean water is technology. Uh, ability for uh, people to get from one place to the other. You remember the advent of the horse, right? Yeah. People all of a sudden it changed the world completely as societies began to encounter the horse. So, uh, and, and then planting food is a very basic technology. And so one of the the things that makes me think of this is when the settler colonists came over from Western Europe, uh, they did not have the technology to survive here. And so they were dying by the hundreds and sometimes even thousands. And so um, it was the native people who had the technology of what kind of homes to build and, and how to uh, plant things and, and how to survive and uh, where to hunt. So, so those things are all technology too. Anything I think that improves the sort of uh, uh, from the outside, you know, the uh, human ability to do things that, uh, that need to be done, that's technology. Actually, that's that's
0: really interesting because I was going to try a similar thing, but not quite as eloquent as, as you just did it. I, I was going to say one of the things that I'm interested in is that when we say technology, we almost exclusively now mean electronics. Right. But actually, if you just go back 100 years, 200 years, 500 years, you know, the Industrial Revolution, I mean, it radically altered human society and how even humans each you know spent their day and how we were organized and you know what was capable and then before that you still have technologies but they were say pre-industrial but the, those technologies still impacted people deeply all the way back to what we call prehistory or prehistoric times but there was still technology and right. so it, in every era it has so deeply impacted
1: Human society. Yeah, so you have the agricultural revolution. Mm-hmm. Mass food is mass produced. You have the industrial revolution, and uh, you know those things always come with both um, you know benefits and deficits. And unfortunately, um, when they come in a sort of an uh, a unbridled capitalistic. Mm. sort of idea, or any kind of sort of top-down government and social system, uh, they also uh, create a situation where you have the haves Mm -hmm. and the Mm have-nots. And um, so so these things didn't have to be negative uh, if the right values were applied to them. But unfortunately, uh, as many of them developed, especially in the West, uh, the values weren't there to balance out the uh, deficits of the technology. Let's talk about the horse.
0: You mentioned that earlier. It it intrigues me. When you reference that, why is that counted as a technology?
1: Oh, yeah. So, you know, before then, people walked on their two legs, right? Yeah. And they, they could only get certain places in a certain amount of time. Uh, but if, uh, you know, uh, a human being can only, uh, travel so many miles in a day, and then they have to look for provisions and other food and et cetera, et cetera, all of a sudden the horse comes along and you can travel 40, 50 miles a day. You know, you could get wider hunting grounds. You could, you know, uh, do the kinds of things that you needed to do to, to survive. And so it made a huge difference in every society, not just native America, but throughout Europe and throughout Asia and other places. Um, huh. And When the horse became domesticated, uh, it, it transformed societies. Boy, that is interesting. And it certainly changed warfare. Oh, absolutely. And, and if you had them, you had an advantage. Right? Yeah. I know. Mean, I think the horse is one of the, the first great technologies that, uh, that changed the world.
0: Wow. You know, I've been listening to uh, an audiobook called Two Wheels Good, it's the history of the bicycle. <laughs> and one of the best chapters in there so far has been the transition from horse to bicycle and then to car. So it, it's an interesting 20 year window between when uh, the bicycle sort of emerges as a popular availability, its main enemy, let's say, competition was the horse. And it had a really adversarial and a, quite a contentious relationship between horse people, right? Who were usually, right, upper class or, and this new fangled popular, mechanistic device called the cycle that common people could afford. And so there was a real class conflict between horse and car. But within 10 years, the automobile was introduced. And then just 20 years later for mass production. And so the, that shift from the, the conflict being with the horse just transferred and became between the bike and the car and lingers to this day. But it was really interesting. I had not thought a lot about what life in the 19th century uh, had looked like. And the role that horses were just so dominant in um,
1: cultural life. Yeah. And that, that's actually one of my, most of the movies that I just absolutely love are right around that period. Yeah, uh, it, they, they show this you know sort of tension going on. I think the probably the best one is Sea Biscuit. If you've ever seen that movie, yeah, I watched it. Sure, when it came out, it won awards, right? It was a oh, absolutely. I think it yeah, made, yeah. won a, the Academy Award for best picture. Yeah. But but Sea Biscuit was a great uh, great this during this transitional time. That in fact, in some ways, you could look at it through that lens. And just say the whole thing is sort of surrounded around this issue of uh, horse and and car, you know. So, interesting. Yeah. That, that, and then those other movies. Uh, Jules Verne's uh, Time Machine. Not the early one with Rod Serling, but the latter one that uh, was done in uh, maybe the uh, nine, 90s or 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah, that, it's just a really interesting time uh, to see that juxtaposition between the horse and the car. And of course, one needs different maintenance than the other one. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep on the horse theme,
0: but let's talk about its impact on agriculture. So farm implements are an amazing thing. And the two things that made me think about this when when we were gonna talk about technology is, a couple months ago, I got to come out and uh, spend a day helping around the farm. And you and I, hooked up a number of different things to your little tractor. And I was truly blown away at how effective and efficient those implements were at helping us do the thing that we needed to do. Like, for instance, there was a number of of, of fence posts that we needed to put in. Some were located in places where we had to dig them by hand, but in places where we could use the auger, I mean, it was night and day. I can't believe how effective it was, and how many fence posts we were able to get in for your medicine garden uh, using that thing. And it really made me think about just the the power of the tractor, but in a previous generation, that it was the horse and ox, and that harnessing them with you know steel tools or whatever it is, just how
1: much work you can get done. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Huh? And that also aided the agricultural revolution. Uh, yeah. That, that. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, one person or just a few people could get the work done that it took many people after the advent of these uh, tools and my tractor. So I, 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 appreciate very much all the different implements and what they do. And mm. I'm able to basically maintain, uh, these large, you know, this 10 acre ground and, because of all the implements that I have on there. Um, and, and yet, uh, these implements are not the easiest thing to get on and off. Uh, <laughs> it so took it, two it of us. A lot of work on design for, uh, to make it easy on farmers, especially older farmers, <laughs> uh, because uh, it's sometimes not even a one person job just to get the implements on and off.
0: Yeah, I, I was um, upset at points that you and I being two pretty, you know, I would put us in the strong category as far as humans go, we're struggling at points to try and get one of these up and connected to the tractor. And I just thought this shouldn't be, I mean, for as much work as it does, that's great, but it shouldn't be this hard.
1: (laughs) No. And, And it's just, it's design factor. Uh, for some reason, they have just not improved on the the basic design. Seemed outside the box. So, what could what could happen?
0: So. Huh? Interesting.
1: Let's talk about the internet.
0: So, I'm just going down our list of things that we've, you know, said that technologies we want to talk about. So, obviously, I love what the computer and specifically computers connected to the internet enable me and us to do. I mean, genuinely keeping in contact with people, collaborating on different things. Um, I mean, just, I have so many examples of just how amazing, like for instance, this congregation that I'm a pastor of right now, you know, it was in danger of closing before I got here just because it's sort of out of the way. It's not that convenient to get to. We're not like at a major crossroads or anything. We're tucked in at the back of a subdivision, which is tucked in at the back of a corner of the city. You know, we're barely within the Portland limits. Um, we used to be right by Alpenrose Dairy before it closed. And um when I got here, you know, we weren't like on... A Google listing, and we didn't really have an up to date website and so that was one of the first things I did and Randy, in the years since I've been here and we've turned this congregation around, literally everyone who walks through the door, every visitor, every new member, every single one of us them found us via Google, yeah. And if it hadn't been for the Internet, I genuinely think that this amazing little congregation wouldn't exist. I think we would be closed If it weren't for Google, I don't know that anyone could find us.
1: Oh, wow. So uh, quick story. Um, Edith and I went to buy a chicken house when we, oh, that was probably, what, a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. And, uh, it was over towards the neighborhood where the church is at, but I didn't realize at the time. And uh, we were pulling a trailer. So it made it really inconvenient to do turnarounds. And we got lost uh, for some reason our uh, directions weren't working well. And we were lost in this neighborhood. And all of a sudden, I realized, like, look, oh, look, that's the church bow pastors. No <laughs> so way. We pulled in and turned around there. There was nobody there at that time. But, uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a bit out of the way, I think. Oh, my gosh. But let let me
0: tell you about the my my big beef with the internet something i'm actually like deeply troubled about mm-hmm. i got called to the ministry in 93 94 somewhere in there i trained for the ministry and graduated in 97 all of my training was pre computer my right. first computer was in 1997 my friend gave me his old computer he worked for sun systems or cisco or something and at the time i only had three friends with email and one lived in north carolina and one lived in australia and i just i woke up every morning looking forward to checking my email to see if anybody any of my three friends had gotten back to me or any of the chat boards i was on if anyone had posted a message but randy 20 years later I would say 95% of my day, if, if I'm not intentional, would be staring at a computer screen yeah. and I hate it. And in fact, one of the reasons I wanted to be a professor <clears throat> was to connect with the students. Mm-hmm. And then in the 10 years that it took me to get a master's and then a PhD, and then I got a job as a visiting professor, education had changed so much that I basically spent most of my time as a professor, either setting up the class website or moderating or moderating chat rooms yeah. <laughs> of peer learning. And I just thought, this is not how I wanna spend my time. But it's not just me, it's nearly every profession. My sister's a lawyer, she stares at a screen hours and hours a day. My other sister's social worker, my friend who's a doctor, a medical doctor, spends more time with screen than with human patients. Like every single profession I know. And it's not just that it's being a grandparent, right? Everything is screens now. And it just drives me crazy. I know I sound like the old guy on the front lawn, you know, yelling at the clouds, (laughs) (laughs) but I am really just sick of it. And so when I get opportunities, for instance, you know, we've been repainting um, the front of our building here this summer. I have enjoyed so much being up on the ladder and being up on the roof and painting and not looking at a screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know it it gets tiring. Um, Screen technologies can be very uh, even addicting when you don't want them to be. Right. It's like you know gotta check my emails if I don't check my because I get at least seventy five emails a day oh my. If I don't check my emails four four times five times a day, you know, I just don't have time to go through them, so I have to you know and a lot of people with me they're like, thanks so much for a quick reply, and I'm like, if I don't make a quick reply, you don't get a reply,
0: so right, yeah, you know it's weird it's weird that you like you'll get seventy five and you'll think, oh okay, I'll have to get to that later. But then when you go on later to return that you get 75 more and you forget the reason you went on in the first place.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly.
0: I have to keep a little ledger by my computer, like, like an actual piece of paper to remind me, why did I open my laptop in the first place?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what I should start doing. Oh, we're yeah. It's a, it's a weird society. Right. But you know, there are some people, and I've been listening uh, this week this is off topic perhaps, but, um, there are a number of scientists now who are saying in the next 10 years, we're going to have a global economic collapse. A okay. global economic collapse? Yeah. Which will also entail a global, um, uh, technological, uh, collapse. Um, and so, you know, yeah, there, there, and a lot of it has to do with the climate. Um, huh. so I read, read a paper by, uh, a scientist who uh, is talking about um, what's his word deep adaptation okay. deep adaptation. he says it's it's too late you can't really do anything more about it it's like now how we're going to survive and his basic presumption is um, local economies uh, hmm. so interesting you know um, world that we're living in um, we'll we'll see what happens huh well, that's not promising. Well, you know, you, it, we've never learned the lesson that mm-hmm. we can build technologically, whether that's with horses or agriculture or industry or tech, uh, you know, screen technologies. We have never learned the lesson that there also have to be some. Uh, values in that. And so Mm. uh, you don't see many places where ethicists are hired to be a part of a corporate board, right? Uh, (laughs) And that's the problem. Yeah. Because, uh, for example, let's just look at education. Education is a tool, right? It's technology. It's a tool. Um, It gets you uh, to a place in your career, perhaps, that you uh, want to go that you can't get otherwise. Um, And yet, The the amount of debt that students are saddled with now is absolutely crippling. They'll never be able to pay it back. It's just going to continue to build. Um, And so, you know, where were the ethicists when prices for education began to rise in the educational institutions like 10 times higher than the rate of inflation, right? So, um, yeah, these are the kinds of things that we look back and go, oh, whoops, whoops, now we've changed, uh, created a whole generation of, uh, people who can't really make a living and are saddled with debt. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, so, uh, you know, yeah, you can be that guy out in the front yard with the beer screaming at the clouds or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, to say, Hey, you know, we need, we need people who will pull us yeah. back and go, well, let's, think about what we're doing oh, yeah. and in our, our indigenous communities. There's a saying that says like every decision you make, uh, has to uh, consider the next seven generations like how it's going to affect the next seven generations. And so I love that we haven't really done that. No, no, no.
0: We've, we've tried to turn a profit for this quarter. <clears throat>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Hey, there are four more technologies I think we should touch on because they're each a little bit different. I have heard you talk about medicine before and how amazing advancements in medicine have been on one hand, but also a concern about our approach to fixing things with just a pill and not understanding like the sacredness of healing plants and right real Deep medicine. Uh, Medicine's a technology. Yeah. So just can you talk a little bit about that? Every time I hear you talk about this, it makes my brain uh, connect in different ways.
1: Well, doctors have gained the reputation now as a result of their um, training in modern medicine to either. And I'm not saying all doctors do this. I'm just saying that this is this is the rap they get is either cut or prescribed. You know, either prescribe a a pill or something, some kind of medicine for this, or cut and cut it out, you know, remove it, whatever. I have a a feeling that one day people look back and go, oh, my gosh, the same way that we look like uh, bloodletting. Yeah, yeah, leashes. Yeah. So so it it involves so much more, but we don't involve the whole person in healing. And when you are a medicine person um, trained in a relationship uh, based uh, training program, a program, if you will, um, you have to take into consideration of everything that person's going through, Mm -hmm. uh, their relationships, the dreams they're having, their social setting, what's going on in their family, you know, on and on and on. And so we don't look at people as whole people. We just go, Oh, let's make you know we got a pill for this so let's use that right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then the incentive then is for the companies who sell those pills uh to also be a part of the pressure to never cure that disease yeah so you know hey they can make a whole lot more money off prescribing for that that problem than they can wiping out the disease and so there's no incentive for that. And that's a bad system. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but the, the technology is basically um, earth wisdom and understanding what plants do and what certain plants, how certain plants heal. And I'm not saying that people don't need things cut out sometimes or operations. Yeah. Um, you know, that's absolutely uh, probably things like appendicitis and tonsils and things that people couldn't, couldn't probably make it unless they did get some of those things, but um, cancer and and perhaps other things, although there are are certainly other um, methods of treating cancer. But um, yeah, so all of those things, I'm not trying to give doctors a bad rap or the medical industry, but it is an industry. And uh, unfortunately, most of our problems go back to capitalism. And the unbridled ability for people to make money off people's misery yeah i love
0: just the reminder of the whole person and that you know big pharma has no capacity right to to address that with their current approach and so just whether you call it a holistic approach or a well-rounded approach or a whole person approach but just to know that whatever the symptom is that there's probably something much bigger going on than just the symptom so addressing obviously none of us like to be in pain so addressing where that dysfunction or that dis ease is coming you know you want to address that but you have to take a much bigger picture approach it's just that's a, a really helpful reminder.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're human beings. Um, and the same with big agriculture, right? Yeah. <laughs> big farm and big pharma. Uh, yeah, big ag uh, doesn't care about the kinds of poisons that it puts in our systems. Yeah. Um, and then our government uh, is allowed to basically unregulate those. So there's so many things that are still not regulated that are poisons that they keep put in our system. And um, you know, this is one of the arguments I have for single payer healthcare: is that uh, if the government's going to allow uh, these uh, poisons—literally poisons—in our system, that are causing so many diseases. At least they ought to give us free healthcare.
0: Mm. With the time we have left, I have three more technologies. I want to—I want to run by you. One. One. What? I have one more. Okay. I, that might be in my three. I may have built you. I may have okay. rolled right. it in. Uh, cable TV is get gets a really bad rap because in the last thirty years, this twenty four hour news cycle, I mean, we are not as human individuals and groups set up for this constant right droning about crisis and breaking news and updates and, It has our adrenal system at an alarm all the time, whether it's the weather channel or, you know, Fox news or MSNBC or things have changed so rapidly. You know, people talk all the time that just one generation ago, you had the three networks and at, you know, you had the six o'clock news and then you had this anchor man who sort of trusted And that's and people watch the evening news, and so that was sort of the the way you got your news, right? Yeah. And then in the years since then, we now have so many channels, twenty four hours a day, constantly competing for our attention, and our adrenaline is up all the time, and we live in constant crisis.
1: Yeah. And again, it it was a, a system that people could have predicted what would happen. But um, you know, big money. So, uh, in the last 15 years, uh, with the disestablishment of so many local newspapers, yeah, um, I think that's been part of the problem. Um, we could have done the same thing on cable news with local uh, uh, news stations, yeah, or even a partnership between local newspapers and news stations. But um, instead, they chose to uh, like have a war uh, and. Uh, You know, TV won out and big cable companies won out. But um, we miss a lot by not having our local newspapers, and our local stations and all those kinds of things. And so, um, yeah, and so we get we get this concern about the big world. But, you know, I don't live in the big world, you know, really. I live in a smaller section of it. And um, those are the things I really need to give my immediate concern to. Not that the other is not important. Um, there's always been, like if you look at a newspaper, there's the local news, there's the regional news, and then there's the world news, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, I think, you know, all of these things could be rethought and redone. Interesting. Okay. All right. I have one more story, and then you have
0: one that you want to close on. Uh, funny story for you. When I wrote my master thesis, uh, you know, I wrote it old school. Right, just typed it all out, including the bibliography. We're excited, right? But the summer that I transferred into my doctoral program, I learned about bibliographic software that keeps track of all of the books you're referencing and allows you to say, like when you set a footnote, to say I'm quoting from page 176, it automatically adds it at the bottom of the page as a footnote and at the back is as your bibliography. And so in the six years that I was using the bibliographic software, I literally forgot how to format (laughs) because I wasn't doing it anymore, right? And I forgot how to format Anything that I was reading for, you know, the appropriate way, they want it cited. And I just defaulted to letting this program do it for me. Well, I was telling my dad this story and he lost his blessed mind. He didn't even know that this software existed, this bibliographic data. And I remember being a kid and late at night when he was trying to finish his degree I remember him and my mom typing and retyping the end pages uh, if he had changed a a book he had cited or any article or whatever and having to reformat over and over again to get it right. And so when he found out that you can just press a button and this happens automatically, he was livid at the number of hours that he had had to spend on something that I didn't have to anymore. And, um, it always stood out to me that, that when you outsource something, anything to a program or an app, it's on one hand so darn convenient. And on the other hand, you lose the knowledge of how to actually do that on
1: your own. Yeah. So I'm right now thinking about the, the couple dozen people who are listening and going, oh, my God, these guys are academic nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I actually bought, bought a bibliographic program and I could never figure out how to use it. So I I I went out of academia basically at the end of this semester. I'm going out, um, still uh, typing in my bibliography.
0: Yeah, interesting. Well, there is a danger in outsourcing in that you lose the knowledge for in exchange for the convenience.
1: And I'm happy to lose the knowledge. All right.
0: (laughs) You have one final thing that you want, a piece of technology you want to talk about to bring us home.
1: Yeah. So um, in the old days, we called them thermos. Yeah. Um, and now we can call them like uh, hydro flask or whatever. <laughs> and um, I just think they're just incredible because they have this incredibly smart technology that has no computer chips, no outside wiring, no Bluetooth. It's like they're just an amazing invention. Huh.
0: So they work well,
1: too. Yeah. But the, here's the thing. Right. They can keep hot things hot or they can keep cold things cold. How do they know to do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <Cha-ching! laughs>
0: One of the funniest stories we have in my family from the last couple of years is um, my father, you know, after my mom passed, my father we got him a, an iPhone during that phase so he could keep us updated on things. And, um, we just have so many funny technology stories. Like, uh, one time he texted and said, do you guys know what the weather is on Friday? And we said, dad, this is literally <laughs> in <the phone." laughs> just, just it's, it's on the thing that you're using to ask us. It's already in there, you know, yeah. but my favorite story from that time was, You know, the the thermos company that's become really famous now is the Yeti. Yeah, they're really expensive. They are very expensive. But back before they became really, really popular, they weren't sort of a brand name that was out there. And so uh, Christmas time, we were talking with my dad and uh, he was so excited about one of the gifts he had gotten. And he said, do you guys know what a Yeti is? And we're thinking of the mythical creature right? That wanders the woods, right? Like a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. And he said, do you know what a Yeti is? We said, yeah. And he said, uh, my friend in Florida got me one for Christmas. (laughs) Like, really? He said, yeah, it has my name on it. We're like, there's something going on with this story that we don't quite understand. (laughs) Do you mean like a stuffed animal? No, no, no. Like a a thermos. Anyway, (laughs) since then, the Yeti has become an inside joke in our family for like whenever we feel like we're not being understood, we say, do you know what a Yeti is? (laughs) And it's like a code phrase for I don't think you're quite getting what I'm saying. But uh, I have a Yeti in my hand this morning that has my name on it. So this has become a thing that we give in our family is we give the gift of the Yeti with your name on it. (laughs) <laughs> this is in my family. U- uncle is spelled with an M. So mine says uncle Bo. Oh, cute. Yeah.
1: All right. So, well, and, and there's a tendency for us, like, this is for Gen Zs and millennials to understand technology f- from our perspective, like us old people. Um, <laughs> we we find one or two things that we can use it for, and then that's all we end up using it for. It's like, I'm comfortable with that. So, so you mentioned weather. So one of the greatest things about, you know, saying, hey, Google, what's the weather? Is all of a sudden I get the weather. Yeah. And, it's, uh, it's 61 degrees and mostly cloudy. Today, it'll be partly cloudy with a forecasted high of 75 and a low of 53. There you go. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. <laughs> <laughs> or or just like I might ask it, I'm um, not going to mention its name, but I might ask it, uh, you know, like, hey, what's what's that song that goes like this, or what's the name of that? I use it, and I use it for music, uh, and I, I use it for you know the weather, and that's pretty much it. There's, I know there's about a thousand other things that they can do, but you know, I mean, my favorite thing is like at the end of a hard farm day, and my back's hurting, is yeah. to get in the hot tub and to say, hey, Google, play Nora Jones. Oh. And uh, then I just relax. Right. So, so it comes in handy.
0: Oh, that's, that's such a good note to end on. Oh, okay. I really do hope that I do hope that the audio is picking up and what's going on in the background.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, Google, stop.
0: <laughs> Otherwise I'll have to pay Noel Jones uh, money. Yeah. For playing yeah. at, we don't have the, we don't have the rights to that. <laughs> <laughs> Listener. Thank you. For all hey, of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it is definitely time to end this episode. <laughs> it's great. Uh, isn't technology wonderful? Yeah, it is wonderful. Listener, we would love to know what is your favorite piece of technology that has both an upside and a downside? We'd love to have some more examples. We we'll use them on a future episode when we do listener feedback For those of you who are patreon supporters thank you so much for your ongoing support we really really appreciate it and we are looking forward as we ramp up to episode 100 and we are dreaming about having a live podcast recording and we'd love for you to be a part of it so we want to say thank you and we would love if you uh, would give us some feedback about your favorite piece of technology that has an upside and a
1: downside All right. Until then, peace out.